Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. So, with the impending Big 12 expansion, transition, two teams going, four teams showing up, how much more sizzle will the Holy War have when it's Pac-12 versus Big 12? I think a lot more. Comma, if it's played. Well, it will be played. I hope it's played, but I can't guarantee people it's going to be played. I can. And if it's played, it'll have a lot of sizzle. I can guarantee it's going to be you played. You can. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even know who's going to be making that decision. Okay? Well, there's contracts. Oh, I believe it'll be played through 2030. Yes. Well, I don't care after that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I okay. think they'll play the contracted that's, that's games. That's plenty enough. That's that's good enough for our listeners right now. Okay. There's enough. Well, then it'll have a ton of sizzle. Enough games have, between now and then. It'll have a ton of sizzle. As much attention as it gets, I mean, obviously it's on ESPN, I, I think it'll get even more attention when in, there are two leagues involved, more people get interested. It's the reverse of what you've been talking about the whole time BYU's been independent. It's fun as a fan base for the Utes. To look around at other Pac-12 scores, how does that impact you in the race? Well, it's also true for all those other teams. Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, on down the line, they're all looking at Utah scores, and it matters more. And BYU will have Oklahoma State and Kansas State and Iowa State and whoever else looking at their scores, and it'll matter more. Hey, maybe this game, instead of being 8.30 on the ESPN, will end up being played at 6 o'clock You heard of the pride of the Yankees. It'll be the pride of the conferences. Exactly. Because these are two conferences that were going to be striving for respect. And you already hear the Ute fans, some of them out there, oh, that's the not Big even a, not a power yeah, five blah, league. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 Well, if they turn around and beat you a bunch of times, then what are you? So there's going to be way more at stake. In fact, this is going to have an impact much more far-reaching than it did as an independent and a Pac-12 than it did as WAC Mountain West intra-conference. Because you're only affecting those. No one was taking notice of the conference impact when you were in the same conference. Because nobody thought it didn't that matter. It didn't nationally matter to, it wasn't a big deal. It nationally wasn't a big deal. It didn't yeah. matter to Mexico and UNLV because they were already 3-9 and nine and 4-8. and eight. Yeah. So you never looked. You, you, there were fun games, and it was a big rivalry, and it was recognized as such. But now this, this is going to be two conferences striving, desperately striving for respect. And when I and I was talking to you guys in the break, what I'm hearing is the Big Twelve with Bowlesby and those people over there. They are so fired up to prove that we belong, and they're bringing in these teams and. And the announcement today, tomorrow, Monday, whenever, they're, they're going to have it. There's going to be a celebration. And they're not stopping there, by the way. They're not, it's not going to be an announcement of six teams, but they're aggressively going after other teams in Power Five conferences. Those are facts. I don't know if they'll accomplish it. 
I'm not saying that by any stretch, but I can tell you. But they're going to try because you got nothing to lose. And they are trying, and they will continue to try, and it will be a a search that will continue three, four, five, six years. Who knows? Because I don't know what's going to happen with Oklahoma and Texas and when they finally leave and negotiate $80 pay to get out. Man, that's an enormous amount of cash. So I could see it going down to the end. Uh, So we've got another three years or so before we can say, Okay, this is the Big Twelve as it's constituted because I between now and then they're going to be pushing for more. They're going to make a strong push, and these games results on the field are going to speak volumes. And if BYU can beat Utah consistently, I don't know that they can as a member of the Big Twelve. That is, it's. The conference implications are never going to mean more because these two conferences now, even though I know that you and it's my conference, so you don't you don't need to try to dismiss or pump up my conference because I've been a Pac-10, 12 fan longer than you folks have been for sure. And for some of you, longer than you've been alive. But the fact is now you're going to have to make sure when you schedule them particularly if there's not that many, if you're going to have this alliance so you're not going to play that many, when you do play, you darn well better win. And it's going to matter a whole lot more because we're going to strive for that respect-type deal going forward. I hope once they're locked into these uh, 10 Power 5 games that they're still up for playing this as an 11th game. And I don't know what the Big 12 is going to do as far as, are they going to play nine league games I guess eight and ten would be out there as potential numbers. Will, will they play nine plus yeah, one know. SEC game? I don't know. You know that all remains Ooh, to be would seen. They want to schedule an SEC if they're going to. Uh, you you think RSL and Sporting KC hated, hated each other? other? Oh. Wait till you see Houston play Texas <laughs> or Baylor play Texas. You left us behind. Yeah, it's like Hawaii and all that. They they wouldn't play BYU for years. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just furious at uh, uh, the the when the whack Mountain West broke off and then when BYU broke off. So you, man, you had BYU breaking off twice. You bleepers. <laughs> you keep running away from us. It's not you, it's us. So No, it's you. The, it's you. The amount of animosity between the twelve and the SEC it's just gotta be enormous. You know, yes. over time feelings will soothe. And but people will change term, jobs. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. But in the short term, no. Right. The SEC, Oklahoma and Texas, yeah. and ESPN tried to play. You rated us and you backdoored us. Not only that, they tried to play Bullsby for a fool in yeah. the new playoff. Yeah. Hey, we'll start it right away. We'll just give ESPN the deal. And then ESPN could put the squeeze on the other leagues. You think somebody's your brother in negotiations nope. and and. I think we're going to win. Job-wise, they screw you. Yeah, I think I think we're just going to end up with more football on CBS. That's how this is going to play out. Fox is already in with the triple header. And we're going to end up with more playoff football. And it's going to end up spread across three networks, <laughs> sort of like the NFL. Hey, as long as it's not on Sunday, the National Championship, BYU TV. You heard it here first. The National BYU Championship. <laughs> the they're in the five trillion homes. No. You don't think they're going to use BYU TV? Here's the That's deal. Different. You got. You can't even That's get on Direct TV, Direct TV Pac-12. Look what we got. Look, look what we got. What do you got? Sixteen million? Hell, we got sixteen million, including just two states. Yeah. <laughs> Just a time zone, we got more than that. One time zone, the mountain time zone, way out there in the middle of nowhere. We got more 
people that have access to BYU TV than the Pac-12 network has in Brazil. Whoever you want to include. (laughs) Yeah. This is so random. No, it's not. Tanner McGee is making his first college start. Saturday against SC in a prominent game, and he served in Brazil. There's a direct connection, Pac-12, direct TV. And we already had Klyovkov saying he can't do anything about it for another three years, right? Isn't that what he said? He did. He said, he said it multiple times now. He did. He wants to set fans' expectations. Oh, he wants to lower them. I've read the, Absolutely. <laughs> I've read the contract. We're screwed. We're screwed. That's why he can't say it. But in three years, He said I'll it the, the other guy. day. He said it faced me and to Jake Scott yep. down in Hollywood. Hooray for Hollywood. We're right beneath the Hollywood sign. You can see it was right on the hill. How much more sizzle will the Holy War have when it's Pac-12 versus Big 12? A whole fetching Ryan lot. says, well, considering now half the Big 12 is calling the Pac-12 commissioner to join the Pac-12 recently, I figure not much. Not anymore. I figure exactly the opposite. They yeah. didn't want you? Well, then beat them on the field and show you belong. That's, I think it juices it up. It does. Yeah. Oh, it fires it up. Are you kidding me? It is on. We hate them. They hate us. Man, I, that's the one soccer game a year I watched. Pablo Masseroni. I wanted to see blood spilled. Ralph Salt Lake interim head coach <laughs> is going to join us at 9.30. There was a time that happened. It's just those players have moved I want to see it again. Now we're going to see it here. Are you kidding? The mascots? They're going to go out at the Cougar and the Cardinal? Look out. I would suspect this year, by that we'll know BYU's in the Big 12, uh, Cosmo, he might just uh, kick the white horse down there. Uh, what is it, November 27th? Check the date, Yach. I think that's when it is. You got it. <laughs> I know that one. He's going to kick Traveler. <laughs> if I'm BYU, hey, we're in the Big 12 now. It ain't just a stuffed animal. It's a freaking real cougar, and he travels. Uh, they did that once before, and it escaped and right. all kinds of mayhem. Well, yeah. That just <laughs> set the tone, Pac-12. This is what you're in for. All kinds of mayhem. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the live Cougars had good an idea. I think they need to stay away from that. No! I, get, can't, I, can't, believe, the, I yeah. can't believe Colorado still it does actually, uh, Ralphie it, with that Here's Buffalo. what you do, it was guys. a pair of Cougars, funny enough. You have the oh, Cougar. You have that one dude who was on the trail dropping F-bombs. And Latter-day Saint, no less, dropping F-bombs like crazy that he wanted to live. You recreate that. You put that out on the big screen, right? And then the, at home games, that's, and of course you bleep it out. You have that. They're putting on a big new scoreboard board stadium video thing, right? You have that, you play that, and then just when the Cougar does that thing, that's when you have the BYU Cougars run out of the tunnel Saturday night. The place would go berserko! Come on! Who is not with me? (laughs) At the start of the ramp, was there something about a live Cougar? Because so much happened there, I didn't catch it all. Stay with me. You advance. You progress. You, I did, but I got fit. short-term memory issues. That's I can't what remember where started. brainstorming is all about. You come up with an idea, yes. then you build it, you build it, you build it, right. and this is what you have. No and life if cougars. you build it, they will come. No life. Okay, so then. <laughs> nice. Nice. 
I, now I got BYU playing Iowa State in a cornfield. Exactly! <laughs> right? Yeah, so why can't we have a football game there? Hey, Red, Red Grange walks through the corn. Hey, if they can build another stadium out there in Dyersville, oh, they, they can got just, all sorts of corn. corn oh, yeah. Yeah. If you build it, they will oh, come. And, and, and who? BYU, they've built their whole reputation. It's a religion of the small, still voice, which is what Costner had See? in the field. Yes. So this after we get a BYU genius. football game, then we get an NBA All-Star game, and then finally we just build a rink and the NHL plays this New Year's game out there. Right? Dyersville, the heartbeat of American sports. You could at least have on that big screen that Cougar. Man, that was awesome. Okay, on when the he, big screen I'll give when, you. When he was, that Cougar was like extending itself. Mm-hmm. We all saw that video, right? Yeah. I would have, I would have, the Cougar wouldn't have killed me because I would have dropped dead your, right there. And bring your 3D glasses for the pregame show. And when he does that thing where he, the Cougar, I don't know, I assume it's a male, I don't know, maybe if it's, you know, but... When it then extend, what what did it do? Like it, it extend its almost like fangs or something. Whatever, what'd you call it? It kind of made itself big. Yeah, yeah. And at that and point, terrifying. you run out. You've had sixty four thousand sober maniacs. Oh, there'd be a couple of thousand of sixty three. You got the youth fans there, and they would be just so fever pitched. Come on, Tommy H, get on this. You're marketing people. I'm giving you free stuff here, man. <laughs> hey, what is that? Uh, what is that called, Yach? Maybe you know PK too. What, what is that called when they have the oh a hologram? A hologram. Yeah. What about holograms of cougars running across the field? How would that animals be? or former players? Animals oh. <laughs> with former players riding them. Yes. Why yes, not? Like in the Why Lord not? of the Rings with the wolves, right? We've all seen they that CG picture. the whole thing. Jim McMahon and Steve Young on cougars. Well, we've all seen the the picture of Abraham Lincoln riding a dinosaur shooting like Full an Full ahead. So why not? Let's just have some fun with it. Unveil it. You've got there. It is. You got a little more than forty eight hours. Get going, guys. <laughs> Get going, Tom. We need cougar holograms. No, save it for the Big Twelve Conference opener. That's when you save it. Uh, yeah, you don't have to. Gonna you don't have to do it for a while. That's going to be for right because you're going to need a couple of years to get the holograms just yeah. right. Okay, but yeah, but I mean, you need to end this streak and you need to end it now. Robbie Bosco on a cougar, rolling across the field. hands. Olsen. <laughs> he do it on a cougar balancing a table on his chin he's Remember up that for all story? sorts of stuff like that absolutely he loves a good gag that or whatever was, you'd call it yeah, that's <laughs> that is sweet man we just built a pregame right there that's cougar holograms and don't tell the tv people it's coming until right before and just blow them away You can't just have an alumni run out the flag. That ain't winning your games. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't worked against the youth. That's what I'm talking about. This rivalry. But it works really well against Arizona. So go for it. Great. Then fine. Do it then. You don't want to do it every time because then it'll lose its luster. There you go. That's what I say. When we come back, Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network's Raider radio analyst, Craig Bolderjack at 9 o'clock, Pablo Mastrani, Ralph Salt Lake interim coach at 9.30, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Winningham. You've been doing this for a bit. You've coached in a lot of these rivalry games. To the point where, are you calloused or does it still feel a little different? Does this week still have a little special <laughs> meaning to you? It does have a little different feel to it. Now, it's a different feel than it used to have, I can tell you that. It's not quite the same as you know when we were both in the Mountain West or the WAC and you know the game was at the end of the year and had more of a true rivalry feel back then, but it's still certainly an intense game and certainly has the attention of the entire state of Utah. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, and we're joined by Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave Medical and Doc, you are very happy the FDA has finally approved a machine you've been waiting for. Yes, yes, it's been a long time in the making, so to speak. And uh, it's now here, it's been 10 years in development, but it's finally got the FDA stamp of approval for its effectiveness, and we're the only one in Utah with it, and one of six in the whole world. So what is so special about this? How is this going to change results for your clients? Well, it's a much more powerful machine, so you need less treatment energy, and plus it penetrates five times deeper. There's a bunch of structures, you know, that are related to erectile dysfunction, the blood vessels, that the other machines just can't reach, but this one definitely reaches because it has a penetrating capacity of about seven inches. So you've got a special offer for people who uh, have tried before and it hasn't worked, and you think this might be different for them. So what's the offer you've got? Yeah, since this has been shown to be twice as effective as the other treatments, if anyone's had any treatment before or not satisfied with it from any other person, any other competitor or, or clinic, they can come in and we'll give them half off the cost of the treatment because we feel so strongly that this will work for them. And where do people get a hold of you? How do they contact you? <clears throat> well, right now it's a little difficult because I'm on the golf course, but I'm just <laughs> kidding. What they need to do is call... Uh, 385-360-WAVE, which is 9283, or they can go to our website, premierwave.com. Premierwave.com. Dr. Justin Johnson at Premier Wave Medical. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The rivalry game is almost upon us. It is time to bring in now Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst and Raider radio analyst. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. I want to flash back to your playing days. You're at Washington and... Obviously, you got the in-state game with Washington State, but the Oregon game also uh, has turned into a pretty good rivalry. Maybe, yeah. maybe it wasn't such a good rivalry when you played. Um, <laughs> but I'm just curious in these rivalry situations, do you find that it, it hypes it up, it makes the football better, or do you find sometimes there's too much adrenaline for guys at certain positions and it can wreck a game a little bit? Well, I, I, you know, it depends on when it's played. Sometimes when it's played this early, it, it might the adrenaline might wreck a game or put somebody off. But I, but I doubt it because both are very experienced teams. In this case, BYU and Utah. And, and the thing is, is that you know, 
the rivalries, as we were talking last week, I think rivalries are essential for college football. I mean, I really think they really do add a level of spice to it, especially in-state rivalries, and especially from guys or you know people who are who who've grown up there or grown up around the experience because it is personal. I remember, you know, back in my days, well, USC and UCLA were personal to me because I was from Southern California. But I learned to appreciate and respect the Apple Cup or, you know, the, against the Oregon uh, teams and stuff like that because that was the Pacific Northwest rivalry. And, you know, Don James had made it clear that if you want to own your region, you have to own the region by beating the teams that are around you. So I think that's what plays into it. But it, it should be for an exciting game because I think both teams have – a lot to prove. I know Utah wants to be better or start better than they did last week, uh, and and I, you know the way they finished uh, was definitely well. But they want to start that way against BYU because BYU can can make some plays. Yeah, Lincoln. I think that's what separates college football from just about any other sport is, in fact, the rivalries, <clears throat> and it's there every year in the NFL. As you know, you have rivalries, but some of them sometimes come and go, depending yeah. on the quality of the teams. And there's a few that are out there for sure, yeah. the Bears and the Packers and, and whatnot. But the rivalry level, it just adds a lot of luster to it. Now, I listened to you call the games. Uh, you had a couple this past week. Uh, mm-hmm. Pac-12 North, man. What the heck happened? You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, it was, it was surprising. Look, I, I thought Fresno State was going to give Oregon a game, and they almost, they almost beat them. Uh, they almost upset them. We thought that some of the decision making that, that that Cristobal made was going to count against them, but they were able to overcome and win. But yeah, the Pac-12 North is just, uh, it's just uh, Montana, Wazoo. I mean, Oregon State it just was not, not good. So Stanford's now eight and eleven in the last nineteen games. That's a full season of four and eight, a partial season of four and two, and then getting beat by Kansas State. Is there the the doors wide open for somebody right now? It seemed like in the North, but the teams that you think could walk through it, Cal blew a fourteen point lead. Stanford got blown off the field. You got any hope for those teams? I do. I, I think we we again, guys. I think we put a lot on the possibility of teams quote-unquote supposed to you know beat certain teams and, and certain schools i don't i don't think that's the case anymore I, I think when you talk about fcs and fbs and everything else i think the gap has been closed mainly due to the transfer portal that you have a lot of super seniors heck we were talking about utah i think utah has seven super seniors um you know six years plus that are they're on, on the roster i mean you just don't normally see that but you know when, when talking with some of the coaches and why that's happened the transfer portal was one and two guys felt they're just unfinished business and they really want to prove their value before they try to move on to the next level that is the nfl so you know uh and i say that to say this you know it's it's hard to go undefeated uh, and, and it really is and it's not to say that you know washington shouldn't have beaten montana i mean but these things happen and i think they're they're happy happening more and more these days just for those reasons I was just talking about. So I don't want to go crazy after just one game, but right. I look at uh, particularly Washington and Oregon as the favorites mm-hmm. in the North, and I suppose they still are, if for no other reason that no one has really asserted themselves, uh, the other teams in the North yet for that matter. So as I look at them, I'm wondering, you know, they've got two stud freshman quarterbacks. Are you sold in the quarterbacks that they're playing, Washington and Oregon, the older guys right now, when they've got, uh, who knows, you know, this uh, Thompson kid at Oregon and then the Heward kid at uh, Washington come with good credentials, but they're just freshmen? Well, I will say this. 
in my evaluation of watching a Washington-Montana game, I thought that the quarterback did not have great chemistry or great trust with his offensive line. As highly touted as that offensive line was, as big as they were, they did not do a good job at, at keeping the pocket clear. There was, there was a lot of breakdowns, so they did not play well, and the trust was not built. And I say that because there were a number of times where it was third down long and the quarterback threw a check down route. You're not going to get a first down. If you don't, if you don't stretch the field, you're not going to get a first down. So I don't think there's a great deal of trust. But with that being said, it is game one, and we're coming off of an unprecedented year where COVID, where you just had so many intangibles where you, know, you didn't play or you know, they couldn't even go to the Pac-12 championship uh, because they had COVID restrictions and everything else. So there's a lot to be sort of gained in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we'll see what they're truly made of. But to answer your question, I think that if, it, you know, if you're Coach Lake and you're evaluating where your team should be and where it goes, you have to look at the quarterback position really well because if you're not able to run the ball successful and you're having trouble throwing the ball, it might be a change of quarterback necessary. So UCLA beats LSU. Do you think that says more about LSU and they are going to struggle again? Or says more about UCLA? Chip Kelly's finally got it going after five straight losing seasons. I'm going to choose the latter because I think it bodes well for the Pac-12 as a conference as a whole that UCLA was able to take care of business against LSU. Now, the way things are going to come out this weekend, I'm, I'm hoping that Thibodeau plays for you know Oregon when they go back to Ohio State because they desperately need him. They were uh, you know they were. They were. They could not get any pressure on Fresno State generated without him in the in the game. Um, so they definitely need him. Uh, and Washington versus Michigan is going to be a big one. The, the thing is, is that we're in a position, guys, where we're fighting for respect as a conference. And the only way we're going to get respect is to beat teams. Man, it doesn't matter who they are, or where they are. The fact is, that you see the title headline: UCLA beats LSU. That bodes well for the Pac-12. If they're able to hold their own against the Big Ten, that bodes well for the Pac-12. And then once we get through the season and get to bowl games, if the Pac-12 was able to win, that bodes well for the Pac-12. That's how you gain respect. That's how you look like that, that whole thing with the Big Ten and the ACC, that sort of you know, the, the cluster where they're going to manage competition-wise, makes it that much more uh, tangible and, and looks that much more delicious uh, on paper because now you've got teams that can compete rather than the way it was before. Uh, you know, it just seemed like the Pac-12 was outdone. The biggest thing for me as far as uh, intrigue and interest for Utah, as you were calling that game the other night, was the running back position. Because as you know, as well as anyone, they've had great offensive linemen. They've had a great running back. They almost always have a 1,000-yard back. So they ran four guys out there. And this Thomas kid was somewhat of a surprise to us. But as we were covering training camp in August, you kept hearing people talk about him as I would go up there. And I got the idea, all right, they keep – talking about I'm not the smartest guy in the world but if you keep bringing the guy up there's probably something there I watched him I was impressed uh do you think he's a lead back or do you think he's a thousand yard back I think he's a lead back I think they're going to be running back by committee the fact is that Utah has a number of options, but running between the tackles is where the bread and butter pays, mainly because they have such a, that big offensive line, and they lean on people. And if you watch the progression of that game, as it got later and later in the game, you know, there was times where Weber State were just trying to arm tackle guys in the backs like Thompson and the other ones, and it wasn't, it wasn't happening, and he's just too powerful inside. So I, I do think that he's a lead back, and I think it's, you know, he's got some promising things. They might, have, they might very well have, if they keep so the way they've done, they might have well, at least close to two that 1,000 rusher, yard rushers. That's how much they're going to run the football this year. You were, a, uh, you were an offensive lineman. Uh, how many NFL guys do you think the Utes might have there on the O-line? Oh, oh, 
of the center definitely is one. Uh, I think he has potential play in the next level. Maybe two right now. So Nick, Nick Ford for sure, and yeah. then we'll see on the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. NFL is going to get going here, obviously, with the startup this weekend. How would you handicap your conference there, your division, I should say, the AFC West? Ooh, uh, well, I mean, you already know what you have with, with Kansas City. Yes. I think the Chargers are on the rise now that they have their quarterback. They just, you know, the difference with, to me the, between the Chargers last year and where, where they finished is that they just mismanaged games from calls and blowing time and timeouts and stuff like that, mismatched games. So I thought there was probably a couple games that were left on the table that they could have probably won if they would have had better management skills. But we'll see how that goes this year. Um, and then, you know, eventually Denver's going to get it right. Denver had a defense last year that just broke down as it went, the season progressed, and they didn't have a quarterback. Eventually they're going to find a quarterback that works well with their system. They've got receivers. They've got potential to strike. And then the Raiders are, are there now. The biggest question mark for me and the Raiders is that we really don't know what we're going to see because they didn't play any the starters in the preseason. Not to say that that's you know, wherewithal a tell-all, but there's a lot of intangibles that are working, uh, are working in the Raiders, not necessarily in their favor. One, you have a new defensive coordinator, and you've got new starters on the defensive side. So we've got to see how all that comes together. More importantly, because the, Derek Carr didn't play and the receivers didn't play, you know, we've got to see how all that comes. I think, I think that this is a team, the Raiders are a team, that has to score at least 28 points a game. And I'm just, it, that was, last year for me, it was like 31 points or 30 points a game. I think it's come down a little bit until I see that defense. So um, I think it's one of the more competitive divisions as a whole. They're going to beat up on each other. There are going to be a lot of splits. Um, you can't, Kansas City is going to come down a notch. I think the rest of the conference has caught up with them, uh, is going to come down a notch uh, a little bit. Not to say that they're not uh, a playoff mount or a championship caliber team, but I think they're going to come off a lot. I do believe in the word Super Bowl hangover uh, because I experienced so no matter how good you look on paper, there's still, there's still some things that you have to do when you go out there. And the extra game, I think, is going to work against them as well. Um, but, but I think it's one of those divisions where everybody's going to beat up on each other, just like the NFC East used to be back in the day. So the Bills have gone from six wins to ten wins to 13 wins. If Kansas City has a Super Bowl hangover, and we know it's hard to go to three straight Super Bowls, lots of teams have tried, few have pulled it off. So... Are the Bills ready to win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl? That depends on Josh Allen's ability to read the defense. If you go back to that Kansas City playoff game, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, confused him, showed him one thing, played another. There were a couple times where Josh Allen, on the check-with-me system, sitting in the backfield, surveying the defense, didn't know what to make of it. So you realize, I realized that he was exposed, much like Bill Belichick did Jared Goff when they played each other in the Super Bowl. So this is the thing where this is going to be a, a big growing time for uh, Josh Allen. I still think the Bills are good. I still think they're capable. But they've got to find a way to get over that because now that defenses have sort of seen what, his, you know, what, what the chink in his armor might really be, they're going to try to expose that more. So you're going to see a lot of teams. New England did it successfully, pretty successfully, consistently last year. A lot of teams show man, play, vote, play zone and vice versa. A lot of teams, uh, you know, show blitz, rush three, drop eight, you know, play bracket type of zones and stuff like that, bracket coverages, you, you know, and that confused quarterbacks, making them hold on to the football. So I, I think it depends on how Josh Allen uh, sees, uh, sees the game right now defensively, and I hadn't watched him enough in preseason to really make a true assessment if he got it yet. 
What's funny about football is there's all these stats, right? And I don't know that we can necessarily name who uh, – we can tell you maybe who led the league in passing, but we can't recite the yards. But nevertheless, when it comes to quarterbacks, we can recite Super Bowls and playoff wins, how many they have and this and that. And it's they're judged by that. And where I'm going with this is with the Rams. You know, they make the big trade. They swap the quarterbacks with the Lions, obviously. And they bring in Stafford, who's recognized as a decent quarterback, but has had virtually no success in the postseason. And his record against playoff teams is awful and all this stuff. But yet here are the Rams, and they're talking Super Bowl. And maybe they're justified in talking that. And I'm wondering about... The quarterback position, particularly as it relates to Stafford, because he doesn't have a lot of what we would consider big-time success, but now he's with a team that we think is pretty good. So what are we expecting here? And if he flourishes in such a team game, are we really correct in putting so much emphasis on a quarterback's record, almost like he's a pitcher in baseball and he won 20 games? You know what I mean there? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a complex question to answer. The thing is, is that the NFL prefers you to look at and hold a high esteem in one guy because it helps control their overhead. That person is usually the quarterback. The quarterback is the image of all the teams. When you say a team name, pretty much most of the people you ask, the quarterback comes to mind. Well, so that's, that's the way they prefer it. So that's, that's why it is that way. But I will say this. I think the Rams, when the Rams got Stafford, I went to Vegas and I put $1,000 down for them to, to be in the AFC, NFC Championship. <laughs> I said they're going to be in the NFC Championship. I thought that they were a quarterback away. With that defense, of course, at the time they had Cam Akers, they had a running game and stuff like that. But for Matthew Stafford, it's the first time in his career that he's had a complete offense around him. Detroit never did him any favors. I mean, he played with Megatron. He played with all these other pieces, but there was never any consistency. So now he's got all the pieces around him. Yes, the offensive line is a little bit old, but they're still more put together than, than what he had in Detroit. And honestly, on the defensive side, that is the game changer. When you have Aaron Donald and, and you have guys like Jalen Ramsey, those are game changers, and those are guys that are going to keep things close. Now, the, the, the difficulty for the Rams is that they're playing in the vision that I think the 49ers are a quarterback away, consistent quarterback uh, play away from making a championship run. You know what Seattle has done. They've only won, uh, on average, nine games for the past 10 decades. And, and then you still have the troublesome Cardinals, which I don't think is going – I still think they're going to finish last in the division, but they can make some noise. With that being said, the NFC is tight. The NFC is packed. Uh, you've got the Bucks. You've got. The, I still think the the uh, the Packers are going to be good. Who knows what the Saints are going to do? I mean, these are teams that have got defenses and got other pieces. So if Stafford goes and he wins, it's just a testament to what some people probably regard as a, um, a Hall of Fame caliber career with the numbers that he put up, uh, but never winning the Super Bowl, never getting close. Um, there is a lot that's putting put on. The, the ring status, and I think it's fair, unfair uh, in many respects. Uh, you know, guy's just not that good if he won a Super Bowl or didn't win a Super Bowl or didn't win multiple Super Bowls, or for the fact that, you know, this guy did win multiple Super Bowls, but, like, what, what's all the rest of the team? Uh, you know, but that, like that said, that's another conversation for another day. All in all, I think, I think the Rams have what they need. Now, the running game is going to be what's lacking because they don't have a proven true back without Cam Akers there. I think a lot falls off, and they're going to have a lot of making up to do. And you 
you understand that that their offense is predicated off of play action. So they got to be able to establish a run to to do a lot of things. So it's going to be got to be interesting to see how they figure out the running back situation. But I think they're close. All right, Ravens and Raiders Monday night, and we will uh, we will hear you on the call, Lincoln. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy that game. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks and Raider Radio Analyst, every week right here on The Zone. Coming up, Craig Bowlerjack at the top of the hour, Pablo Mastroeni, RSL interim head coach at 930. You're looking forward to that, aren't you, PK? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully he's in the mood to play. Uh, He has a pretty good sense of humor. I think he will be. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Jazz superstar Donovan Mitchell on The Big Show. Do you have a message to jazz fans? What's on your mind moving forward as far as the jazz go? We're going to come up with a fire on the edge and, you know, we're ready to work. That's the biggest thing. We haven't necessarily gotten to where we want to get to. We put together some good seasons, you know, and there's some seasons where I come home and people forget that we lost in the first round of Denver. But based on that first round, you thought we went to the conference final. But, you know, as truthfully as we haven't. So we got some work to do. And we're going to put the work in as a group. We're going to do it. Not just myself. It's going to be take all of us. And we brought everybody back. Back, you know, but we've also made some good additions. I'm excited for this year, and let's get to it. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. We got a rivalry game. That's the short-term story. The longer-term story is BYU to the Big 12, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, and BYU, UCF, Houston and Cincinnati coming in. The Big 12 will have 12 teams. And I'm very excited about that, to have the numbers match up, because I've been screwing it up for years. But apparently, there's a chance that I will be able to enjoy that for a very short amount of time. Dennis Dodd tweeting out, You may have missed, at Big 12 conferences expansion, maybe only the first round in a larger expansion of the league, per Texas Tech AD Kirby Hokut. Well, I don't know Kirby Hokut, but I know PK real well. Uh-huh. And I like that guy. And <laughs> when you look in the mirror, you see a good-looking <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> okay, when you look in the mirror, you see a guy you really appreciate. <laughs> Very good. I figure, when I look in the mirror, this is a true story, when I look in the mirror, I see my father. And I see my father work two jobs as a janitor. And I saw how he went to work every freaking day until he was 82 years of age. So I'm going to give it my best to honor him for the rest of my life. And so that's what I see when I look back. Uh, I don't like what I see visually, but inside I see something. And I said over about an hour ago that the Big 12, this is only the first round. So you may have missed it. Um, but and I'm not, and I said I don't put it out on Twitter because I've been asked not to, and I'm going to abide by that uh, by the people who give me information. But yeah, this is the first go around. They want more. I get that. Everybody wants more. They should want more. They should be aggressive. And there's been talk about the Arizona schools forever. So this yeah. and this is the time. Right, You can talk about it, but this is the time. Oklahoma and Texas talked about what to do forever, but this is the time. So, this is the time to go get Arizona, Arizona State, but 
the number one question I have here is, why what? would Arizona and Arizona State do it? And number one, we have said this a million times, and let's stay consistent. It's about the money. And as we sit here right now, and I may get more information and change my mind later, but as we sit here right now, I'm assuming that the new Big 12 contract is in that 15, starts in that 15 to $20 million per year range. I know there are people thinking that it'll be over 20 in the low 20s, because I've read 20 to 25. Well, the Pac-10 ought to be in the 30s. 12, but yeah. So uh, money talks, man. Right, money, money talks. So, so yeah. I don't so obviously yeah. Now, hey, if I'm the Big Twelve commissioner, I feel burned. Everything you said earlier about him being motivated, sign off on 100. percent The SEC, Oklahoma, Texas, ESPN. He's got to feel betrayed by multiple people on multiple levels. So if he's got some serious fire right now, wants to stick it to people, and he's actually getting very good reviews. If you read all the national stuff, then out of the one of the headlines was out of a mess. The Big 12 has done the best they can. This, this plan makes sense. It's the best thing that's available. None of these brands replace Oklahoma and Texas because there are no brands available that replace Oklahoma and Texas. But given the hand you're dealt right now, they've played it the best they can. So I get going after Arizona and Arizona State. I don't see how they And I'd be interested to know who else they go after. And maybe it's other people they can't land, you know. I can't believe Arkansas and Missouri would leave the SEC and quote unquote come home. <laughs> but would they? Nebraska. Or, or Colorado or Nebraska, right? Well, or, I think anything is possible, man. Who knows? Well, they should, who and they should we'd be at this spot here where we are now. Agreed. So, Agreed. So make all those calls. Yeah, yeah. And maybe something surprising. Here's happens. what we got. Here's what we're go- going to get. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're going. We're going to use BYU TV, and it's going to give us X amount of more money that we- than we have because, as I said earlier, we were joking around your your Direct TV with Pac-12 Network, and Pac-12 Network puts out a pretty good product. I got to admit, they do a really good job, but hardly anybody can see it. That's those are the facts. And it's going to be that way for three more years, and then yeah. it's going to change. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I think it's going to, but I, I hope get, it does. And I can't. I can't tell you what it's going to look like. There's so much new technology. Who knows who well, will write need, the check? They need more distribution. It's just a, it's simple. It's black and white. Yes, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure and it out. And they need better time slots. And I think I think among the people who felt betrayed here, I think I think the leagues not named SEC and ACC are willing to put more games on CBS and Fox now. And I think CBS and Fox. For Fox, it's more postseason games because they already do triple headers on Saturday. Now, maybe Fox will start doing Friday night college football. Maybe. I don't know. CBS, who just did the one SEC game, if they start doing double and triple headers and it's some combination of Big Ten and Pac-12 and you're surprised, that's a you problem. If I were CBS, oh, I'd be sure. running yeah, to and, that And maybe stuff. that can help. I don't know that the Arizona schools would go. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's exclusively who they're targeting, but that's been out there for well over a decade, so we're not breaking any news here. But maybe they can give them better time frames to play. You're, you're somewhat limited with the desert because you can't for two you months of the wanna, season. Yeah, you, you, can't, wanna... you can barely play in the afternoon. No. When, I mean, when, so before pre-TV, and you're living down there, Late 70s, early 80s, when you kicked off whenever you wanted to kick off for ticket Seven sales. O'clock. 7 o'clock. Yeah. So there's, they're the ones but who are looking still at... still better than 8.30. Yes. Although for most of the time, 8.30 is 7.30, is 7.30 there. Uh, so if they get a 7.30 kickoff, is anyone outraged? I mean, that's pretty much what they would do on their own anyway. No, but then you can get away games that don't always have to be. You don't have to now play the Oregon away games State is a different deal. 8.30. Yes. 
And so it's about exposure to your product, too. And, and you know, it's the, it's the thing to where you talk to Chris Burgess back in the day, which I did. I don't know if any of you know that, but that nine million Mormon story, he told it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. In a gym down in Southern California. Because you, yeah. you were on the phone with him and invested the time for more than a year. Like 18 months. Yeah. 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 He and his dad, Ken. And so the deal was, you know, you'd go to practice, you'd come home, you'd flick on ESPN, and there was Duke all the time. And that Big East and ACC just blew up because kids on the in West Coast era, were did. coming home and watching Chris Mullen and Ewing and I, John Thompson and Mark Jackson and I, blah, 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 I, blah, blah, blah. I went back to my apartment yeah. in college one day yeah. and flipped on the TV just to watch a random pit basketball game. And randomly, Jerome Lane drove down the floor, threw down a dunk, broke the backboard. I was stunned. I couldn't believe that yeah. just I happened to be Lane home and down I was on. the lane. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, then you see that clip a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point I'm getting at is that the Arizona schools they get nobody of in the state. And these kids, they're getting all this publicity, and they, they're on television in the prime times. So maybe if you're playing TCU and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, you can do it in the day. Because half of your games and your conference games are going to be on the road. Here, they, ASU plays Oregon State at 8.30 at night in November. It's awful. Ick. There is something about this time zone. I think the league's going to have to put one or two games a week in that late night spot. Spot. I agree. But I think that there are spot is the right word for it. If you're playing, if you're playing, (laughs) it's not a word, but it's the right word. It's the right word if you're playing in Corvallis in the rain in November, and it's ten o'clock at night, and you're slogging through the second quarter, and it's twenty three fourteen. Yeah, precisely. But. If you were CBS and you had the SEC and it's going away, and if the Big Ten sees how CBS blew up, or the SEC blew up on CBS, and CBS comes to you and says, we want to do a game, a noon Eastern kickoff, your traditional window, televised into the whole country. We're going to put the Pac-12 in the 3.30, what we call the 1.30 time slot here. And then we want to put another one of your games in prime time. And you're looking at ESPN in bed with the SEC and the ACC, and you know where a lot of good games uh-huh. are going. Yeah. You're like, hey, we need exposure. And the Big Ten is thinking, well, we're not their first priority. We may not even be their second priority. Cut a deal and do exactly what the SEC did, and they wrote it for 25 years. Gotcha. So make it happen. And CBS and Fox wouldn't mind a chance to stick it to ABC and ESPN. There's plenty of rivalries everywhere. All right, coming up, Craig Bowlerjack's going to join us, 9 o'clock. Pablo Mastroni, RSL interim coach at 9.30. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And we are joined right now by Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave Medical. Doc, sometimes the bureaucracy slows things down, but that just makes it all the sweeter when you finally get what you want out of the bureaucracy. That's right. You know, the government works in slow and mysterious ways sometimes, but they finally produce eventually, given enough time. Ten years to get a, uh, a machine approved, and this, uh, this is going to make a difference, you think, in a lot of people's lives. Yes, it's a, it's a quantum leap in, uh, in technology. It's like going from a rotary dial phone to a smartphone. So the technology is such that it can penetrate five times better, five times deeper, it's more than twice as effective, and it has the FDA stamp of approval. The only one in the world that took them 10 years. 
and we're the only ones in Utah who have it. In fact, only one of six in the whole world. So how is this going to make a difference to your clients? Well, there's a, part of the area is uh, the way that erectile dysfunction works. You have this thing called the corpus cavernosum. It's a kind of a spongy material. Part of it is really pretty deep. So the other uh, modalities, technologies can't reach that deep. They only reach about a, you know, maybe an inch. This penetrates at least seven inches. So it can reach those hard-to-reach areas, which accounts for at least half of all erectile dysfunction. And so it doubles the efficacy at which you can treat the erectile dysfunction and you get twice the you know, more uh, results. And because of twice the results, you have an offer. And look at you. You're a math major. I see what you did with this offer. <laughs> yeah. So for all those who've tried the treatment before and haven't gotten the results they wanted, we'll give you half off of the price to give a try for our, our treatment because we feel so confident you'll get twice the results you've seen at half the, half the price. All right, you can contact him right now, premierwave.com, or call Dr. Justin Johnson at 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, or at premierwave.com online. Thanks, doctor. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Take care.